Hey, thanks for joining us here at the Vineyard Church Podcast. For more video messages and content, make sure to visit our website, vineyardwheeling.com, or download our app. There's a lot of great resources there that are free and will help you grow closer to God and help you connect with the church. Right now, let's go to our lead pastor, Chris Figueretti, for this week's message. Well, hello and welcome. I'm glad you're here. If you have your Bible, uh, and I hope that you do, open up to Mark chapter 4. We're going to wrap up Mark chapter 4 today. If you have a paper Bible, use your index. If you have a digital Bible, click on Mark chapter 4. It's that simple. But follow along in the Word. Again, I said this last week. I'm going to say it again this week. We want to point you towards God's Word as the authority in your life, not me. Uh, I'm just trying to help you understand it, but I'm a fellow journeyer on this journey following Jesus together with you. And uh, if you're here for the first time this week, uh, we are in a series, a year-long series, through the book of Mark. We're calling it the story of Jesus, and we're just stripping away all the baggage that has accumulated around Jesus over the years, and we're just looking at who Jesus really was and uh, letting that impact our lives. It's really been a fun journey so far, and I want to invite you, if this is your first week here, to come along on the rest of it. Please, please do. I think you'll find it worth your time, and uh, at the end of the year, you'll look back and go, wow, I'm a different person now than I was when I started, if you come along. Everybody who spends time with Jesus is different at the end than they they were when they began. So Mark chapter 4, that's where we are. We're going to start in verse 35 and wrap this chapter up, and this is what it says. It says, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. And what he's talking about there is the other side of the lake. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. Uh, If you remember last week, he was teaching from the boat. So he just stayed in the boat. They all got in the boat. They went over to the other side of the lake. There were also other boats with them. So they had a little flotilla going on. It says, a furious squall came up. And the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, asleep or sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Be quiet, or quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Well, it says they were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. This is one of my top favorite stories of Jesus in the scripture. There's so much to learn here. We're going to cover a lot of ground today on just a very short bit of scripture. Now, in verse 35, where this starts, it says, that day when evening came, Jesus had been teaching all day long. We got three pages of teaching and activity uh, that happened on that day. And we see a, a bit into the humanity of Jesus. See, Jesus was fully God, but he was also fully human. And after a full day of teaching in the hot Middle Eastern sun, of traveling, of having all these different experiences, he's exhausted. It's been a really long day. And so he's asleep in the stern of the boat, and uh, he's just out of gas. You ever, you ever been out of gas? Yeah, you just ran out of gas. Jesus is fully human, and we get to see a little bit into that in this passage. He said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Now, Jesus uh, has been teaching most recently 
uh, in a boat out from shore a little bit, big crowd on shore. He's teaching, he's going through the parables that we went through last week in the first part of Mark chapter 4. And as, uh, as uh, they come to the end of the day and it's evening, he's like, let's get in the boat and go over to the other side of the lake. Now, this is the Sea of Galilee, but it's not really a sea. It's a, it's a small inland lake. It's only a couple miles, maybe a few more than a couple miles across, but it's not huge. It's a lake. It's also referred to as Lake Gennesaret. Now, Jesus's invitation to them, or, or kind of command, like, let's go over there, uh, is kind of a big deal, because it's a different country on the other side of the lake. It's a different people group on the other side of the lake. Uh, it's an area known as the Decapolis. It's the 10 cities. It was set up hundreds of years beforehand in the era of Alexander the Great, um, and it was, um, it was a Greek stronghold. It was so a Greek culture. And in their day, in Jesus's day, uh, the Romans had adopted a lot of the Greek culture. So even though it was controlled by Rome, it had Greek culture. It's called Hellenistic culture. And so um, that was the folks on the other side of the lake. Now, the Jewish people and the Hellenistic people or the Greek, uh, Greek culture people were like oil and water. They did not get along well. They, they, they kind of hated each other. Um, you might remember that Jesus took his disciples through Samaria at one point, and if you read about that in John chapter 4, and they didn't like the, Samari- the, the Samaritans uh, because they had different religions and different practices, but they had a shared history. They kind of worshiped the same God, they just worshiped him in different ways. Well, the people on the other side of the lake didn't even worship God. They were pagans. They worshiped, they worshiped pagan gods. They had pagan temples. Um, they did not like the Jews. The Jews did not like them. They, they, would, uh, they ate pigs. The Jews did not think that was kosher. In fact, it wasn't kosher. And they would sacrifice pigs in their altars uh, and in their temples, and their practices were despicable to the Jews. So when Jesus said, hey, let's go to the other side of the lake, there's a whole lot more going on there than just, hey, let's take the, the boat across the lake. We're going completely out of your comfort zone is basically what Jesus is is saying to them, which brings me to lesson number one. I've got four lessons and three things to remember in this message. And lesson number one is this. If you follow Jesus, he will call you to cross the lake. If you follow Jesus, he will call you to cross the lake. He's going to call you out of your comfort zone. He's going to call you to do things that will make you uncomfortable from time to time. Now, Two years ago or so, Christy and I moved out onto a little piece of land in the woods. I call it my farm, uh, but it's not really a farm. It's more like a homestead, and I've got some chickens, which I talk about every week. There, I got them in this week, and and, and we live out out on our homestead, and uh, and I love it, and the more I watch our world kind of come unwound and all the chaos we've seen over the last couple of years, the more I just want to be on my farm. Right? I, I just, I'm 50%, if I take a Myers Briggs test pretty consistently, I'm 50% introverted and 50% extroverted, which means I need to be with people a lot and I need to be alone a lot. But over the last couple of years, I find myself wanting to be alone a lot more, or at least being on my, on my farm. And I'm in a, a text group with some close friends, and they'll start lamenting about you know the news of the day and how crazy things are. And I'll just type in all capital letters, F-A-R-M. 
I got just like, 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 let's just go from a, live on a farm and not deal with anybody because it's uncomfortable. It's un, you know, and, but Jesus, if you follow him for any length of time, that's not an option. He's going to call you to cross the lake. As a church, we did this three years ago. You know, we had been in our building here on Warden Run Road for 20 years, but we had gotten to the place where we didn't have any more seats for people. And if you can't seat people, you can't reach people when you're doing church. And so we had to figure out how can we accommodate more people. And we did something that churches just don't do. We left the building. We went portable. We, we bought a trailer and we loaded all our gear up and, and we went to the Capitol Theater on Sunday morning up until COVID. And, and we set everything up and we did all that hard work every weekend because Jesus was calling us to cross the lake to reach people who weren't being reached, to get out of our comfort zone and not make it about us. And we went on an, an adventure and we will be on an adventure, guys. If you're part of this church, we are on an adventure until Jesus comes back, just to be clear. This isn't about our comfort. This is about following him where he leads us. Uh, yeah, and so if you're following Jesus, there are going to be times when he calls you to cross the lake. Maybe he'll call you to have a conversation, with a spiritual conversation with somebody. And typically, I don't know about you, but typically having a spiritual conversation with somebody who isn't inclined to have a spiritual conversation is super uncomfortable for me. Now, it doesn't have to be uncomfortable for them. Jesus can make them uncomfortable, and that's fine. Let him do that. Don't you make them uncomfortable. But, um, but it's all usually uncomfortable for us because, like, what are they thinking? What are, you know, but oftentimes Jesus will be like, why don't you sit down in the cubicle with them? They look like they're having a hard day and find out what's going on. Well, that's uncomfortable. But, and, and these opportunities to cross the lake will happen over and over again in your life. Um, but here's what I found. Here's what I found. I want you to hold on to this. I want you to remember this. I want you to, because you're going to, you're going to question this. Life, the life that you're looking for, it's found in the adventure. It's found in the adventure. And that adventure is in following Jesus wherever he leads us. You know, a uh, couple, um, well, two summers ago, um, a bunch of friends of mine and I and my son, we, we did this crazy adventure out in the Rocky Mountains on our motorcycles, uh, met the bikes at the, at the Salt Lake City Airport and went up through the Rocky Mountains for two and a half weeks. And I will never forget the feeling. And I've had this feeling before on at big adventures, like you're right at the beginning of the big adventure and you get on the bike and it's not every big adventure is a bike, but you head off up into the mountains and it's like, oh, there's nothing like it. Or uh, many years back, my cousin came into town and we went down to uh, Grandview Park to do their uh, zip line tour, their treetop zip line tour. If you've ever ne never done that, do yourself a favor. And if you're afraid of heights, do yourself a favor because pushing through that fear is even better than if you're not afraid of heights. But, but the, uh, the feeling of zipping through the trees, the feeling of I could fall and die, but I'm not going to because I got this rope and you know, I'll, I'll, it's this adventure thing. It brings life. And those things are just a shadow of the adventure of following Jesus. I mean, the adventure of following Jesus, the adventure of crawling, crossing the lake is so much more significant than the kind of the adventures we plan for ourselves. It's the real thing. Which brings me to lesson number two. If you follow Jesus, there will be storms on the way. If you follow Jesus, there will be storms on 
the way. Every good adventure has a storm story to it, right? You, you run into something that, that is an obstacle that you have to overcome. And, uh, and that's pretty much true in following Jesus. In verse 36, it says, when they left the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. And there were also other boats with him. And then it says, a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat. So the boat's getting swamped with water. They're at risk of sinking in the middle of, of the Sea of Galilee, of going down and drowning in this, this, this furious squall, as they put it, so that it was nearly swamped. Now, the word there for furious squall is megis lahilaps. Say, let's say that together. Megas lahilaps. It's, a, it's Greek, and megas is mega, or huge, or monster, and lahilaps is whirlwind. So this is like a tornado. This is not just a little tornado or a little whirlwind on the lake. This is a huge tornado, and this is something that is very common to this day on the Sea of Galilee because of the way the mountains come down. They create this little canyon, and the wind comes down the canyon pretty reliably, and then the way the heat of the desert and the cool of the water, they all come together, and it creates these windstorms on the Sea of Galilee, specifically during the day. In the evenings, you, you might remember the... Um, the disciples uh, who were fishermen that followed Jesus, they were always out fishing at night. Well, part of the reason they were always out fishing at night is because typically you wouldn't find these windstorms in the evening. They would, they would happen during the day. So these guys, and, and I think this is fascinating because they're out in the evening, right? They're, they're Jesus, the end of the day, it's evening. Jesus is like, let's go on out. So they're doing their best risk management, right? And they still run into a windstorm, which does happen. See, even with the best risk management, storms still come. Guys, this is a truth that you will deal with in life. Some of us are so risk averse, we manage all the risks in our lives, and we're trying to keep everything safe. And you can do that, and I'm telling you, storms are going to come anyway. I mean, maybe not as many, but, but they're going to come. Which brings me to lesson number three, which is this. If you follow Jesus, there will be times when you feel like he's asleep in the storm. There will be times when you feel like he's like, this has gone on too long. Where are you? Ever been there? Ever been in a storm and felt like that? Jesus was in the stern, it says, sleeping on a cushion. So Jesus, and I don't, I don't know if he was really sleeping. I mean, part of I mean, the scripture says he's sleeping, but part of me thinks maybe he had one eye half open just watching to see how these guys are going to respond in the midst of this, this crisis that they find themselves in. But have you ever felt like God is asleep while you're going through it? Like, God, where are you? Like, why aren't you responding faster? I'm in a storm. God, help. Why doesn't it just go away immediately? Because God feels like God's asleep. You know, several, in 2004, I was in a car accident um, and got uh, developed chronic migraine intensity level headaches after that, about five a week. And then uh, that went on for years and years and years. And I prayed and prayed, God, take this away, whatever. And then I started developing aches and pains in my joints and my fingers and toes blew up and it was weird. And eventually was diagnosed with Lyme disease and eventually got treated for Lyme disease and managed that to this very day. But in the midst of those, the, the worst of that storm was I'm praying and just crying out like, God, I can't even function. My head hurts so bad. And it didn't go away. Ever been there? 
Like, are you asleep in the boat? What is going on? Or maybe you have a sick kid and you're going from doctor to doctor to procedure to procedure and you're trying to, and like, God, where are you? Are you asleep in the boat? Or maybe you're dealing with a depression that just won't lift. And you're crying out every day, God, wake up. God, where are you? And and it feels like he's asleep. Or maybe you're stuck in an employment situation where your boss is unfair, or, or you have an employee who is just making you miserable, and you're like, God, will you do something about this? And it just goes on and on. It feels like it'll never end. Or maybe you have a financial storm in your life, and it's just gone on longer than you ever expected it to, and you've called out to God, and it just feels like he's asleep. You're praying, and nothing is happening. Now, some of you are thinking, why is this pastor so darn depressing? Um, and I hope that we're going we're gonna to pull out of the, 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 that here in just a moment. Um, why, why, why go over these three points? You know, I mean, he's going to call us to cross lakes. He's going to call us out of our comfort zone. He's, we're going to go through storms, and, and there will be times when we're in storms and we're going to wonder, like, like, that feels pretty negative. Why, pastor, are you sharing that? And here's the reason I'm sharing these three points to start. <clears throat> because I'm sick and tired of seeing Christians bail when things get hard. I'm sick and tired of seeing Christians bail on their faith, walk away when things don't go the way they think they should, when they're called out of their comfort zone, or when they find themselves in the midst of a storm and God doesn't respond as quickly as they think they should, and it's epidemic. And I touched on this last week when, when I said th that whole philosophy that life is good when, or when God, God is good when life is good, um, that philosophy, which just isn't true. God's good all the time. He's with us all the time. And Jesus said, look, when you find yourself going through storms, in this life you will have storms, he said. It's just part of the ride. And I believe, guys, and I want everybody within the sound of my voice to understand this, expectations are everything. If you buy, if you buy the lie that, well, Jesus exists and I have him in my life to keep me healthy, happy, and safe, then when you're not happy, healthy, or safe, any of or all three of the above, you walk away. But that's not why Jesus exists. Jesus, Jesus exists. Jesus is in your life so you can have a relationship with your heavenly Father so that you can have life in all of its fullness in this life and eternal life in the next life. And he never promised that we wouldn't go through storms. In fact, he promised we would go through storms, but he did promise to go through them with us. Expectations are everything. Now, here's a newsflash for you. If you follow Jesus, there will be times when you will be uncomfortable. There will be storms that you will go through, and there will be times where you will wonder, God, where are you? But here's another newsflash. If you don't follow Jesus, there will be times when you are uncomfortable. There will be storms you will go through. There are different storms, maybe, but there are storms and you will wonder from time to time, where is God? Even atheists, something like 95% of people admit to praying when they're in storms. So, I mean, even the atheists pray when they're, they're where, God, where are you? What's going on? But the difference between following Jesus and not following Jesus is the difference between having purpose in the midst of the adventure and midst of the storms, having providence in the midst of the adventure and the storms, which means God is guiding our 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 steps through what we're going through versus we're just kind of trying to figure out our way. 
And the difference is having the power of God in your life in the midst of those things as well. Well, it says the disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Don't you care? I, I, I'm, it's kind of a funny sentiment when you, when you look back on it from here. I imagine Jesus, you know, they're shaking him, wake him up, and he's either, you know, pretending to wake up or he's waking up, depending on whether you buy into the he had one eye open theory or not. But at any rate, he, he wakes up and he's looking at these guys and he's looking at what's going on. Don't you care? Like, don't you care? I, I, I just imagine Jesus thinking to himself, don't I care? Do you have any idea? what I've done. I mean, I, I, I've stepped out of heaven. I've, I, I left paradise and I've come to earth and I've become a human being so that I can voluntarily die in your place. Don't, don't I care? Are you kidding me? Of course I care. He doesn't say that. And I can't imagine that didn't go through his head when they asked that question. And in verse 39, it says, he got up rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. I think this is wild. Quiet, be still, immediately. It all went still. And sometimes, you know, I, what I found in my life when I'm fo in following Jesus is there are times where the storm will go on longer than I want. And then just one day, something breaks, and everything changes. You know, it's like, God, 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 and then bam. Sometimes it, it gets better over time, but this is not unlike God. And I, I, what I picture Jesus doing is, is saying, quiet, be still, and then looking at the disciples saying, yeah, you were saying? <laughs> you know, I mean, like, really, guys? When I was in high school, I was uh, involved in a high school ministry called Young Life, and we had a leader, his name was Bill. And one day, Bill thought it would be a fantastic idea to take a bunch of guys camping out on Big Wheeling Creek. And I'm thinking about most of what we did there was illegal today, but then it was absolutely fine because there is no law out on Big Wheeling Creek. But at any rate, I, I told Bill, I said, I have this motorcycle, a mini bike. We can bring that along too, put it in the back of the pickup truck and take it out there. So we did. And we camped out right on this dam and we had, we had a fire and we were roasting hot dogs and marshmallows and riding the mini bike all over the place. And we were having the time of our lives. Well, the next morning, I had a cross country match that I needed to get to. So one of the leaders took me to town to run this cross country match. Uh, and I put the motorcycle on the truck, and I gave specific instructions. Do not get the motorcycle down off the truck. We're done with the motorcycle for the weekend. And it wasn't probably two or three minutes after we were gone that they got the motorcycle down off the truck, and they were riding all around on the motorcycle. And one of the guys thought it would be a really funny idea if they took the cattails that were growing there on the, on the dam and dipped them in gasoline and lit them and threw them at the motorcycle as they drove by. And so that's what they did. And what happened was they didn't like catch the guy on the motorcycle on fire or anything. They caught the dam on fire. It was like this brush fire and then there was all this dead uh, driftwood on the front of the dam and, and, and it turned into this raging inferno. So you've got Bill the leader, right? And then you've got all these high school boys trying to kick this fire out. They're trying to kick it out and throw dirt on it and everything. And, and they're not having any luck. And the wind is kicking up. And they're, they're at one point to hear Bill tell the story back then, he was like, 
it, we were going to be engulfed, kind of like the smoke jumpers that get kind of overtaken by fire. That's kind of what it was like. And uh, the wind was blowing, and they realized, they got to this point, he realized, we're done. Like, there's no controlling this fire. We might end up dying in this fire. And Bill stands up and says, God, help! And the wind shifted like that, and the fire went out. And uh, I love that story. I think that's so cool, and I'm so glad I wasn't there. Um, but, uh, and sometimes God does that. You know, sometimes he, he works fast like that. After he let, you know, he let him sweat for a little while first. It, he didn't stop the fire from happening. It went on longer than they thought that it should. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer for things to resolve, but you can look back and see the hand of God in that as well. Now, Jesus' disciple, these guys, they had seen some stuff already. They'd seen Jesus take a guy whose legs didn't work and heal him, and people who were blind see, and, and a guy with leprosy completely cleansed. They'd seen him have authority over evil spirits, but this, they'd never seen anything like this. I mean, speaking to the weather and it listens, it says they were terrified because they realized that they had a power in their boat that was so much, so much bigger than they were. He says to his disciples, why are you afraid? Actually, what he says is, why are you so afraid? What do you mean, we're almost drowned, right? Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? I don't think Jesus is reprimanding his disciples here. I don't think he's, I don't, this is a correction, not a beatdown. This is a, an invitation, actually, is probably a better word. He's inviting them to a deeper faith, a liberating faith. Why are you afraid? Like I said, we're going to the other side of the lake. If I said we're going to the other side of the lake, we're going to the other side of the lake, right? You got to trust me, guys. Guys, so many of us are completely plagued by fear. Whether it's fear to get into the boat or fear while we are in the boat and in the middle of the storm and we're soiling our pants as we're doing and it's just like, well, Jesus, where are you? Well, come on, take a deep breath. I've got you before the storm, during the storm, and after the storm. And what Jesus is saying to his disciples is, guys, step into the adventure and trust me while we're on it, I'm with you. Oh, it will be scary from time to time, but I'm with you. You've got this because I've got this and I'm with you, but you got to have faith or you're not going to make the ride or enjoy the ride. When Deuce was little um, and learning to ride a bicycle, uh, he wanted me to hold on to the back of the seat while he, you know, anybody teach a kid to ride a bike. I don't know if this is the right way to teach a kid to ride a bike or not, but this is what we did. So I would hold on to the back of the seat and then run next to him um, and he would pedal and pedal, but he was absolutely terrified that I would let go of the seat. So he spent all the time looking back going, are you holding on? Are you holding on? Are you, are you holding on? And he would, it was, it was hopeless. He wasn't learning to ride the bike. And I would, I would hold on. And, and what I would actually do is I would open my hand. So I would hold on loosely and I'd sing 38 special as I was doing it. And I would hold, hold on loosely. And then if he started to go, I would I would grab the seat of the bike and, of course, keep him from falling down. I got you, buddy. I got you. I'm not going to let you go. I'm your dad. But it wasn't until he decided to trust me that he was able to learn how to ride the bike. It wasn't until he 
learned to trust me that I was not going to let him go, that he was able to really come into his own on the bicycle and enjoy that and then eventually not need me to do that anymore. Guys, there's so many of us missing out on life. We're missing out on the ride. We're missing out on learning the new things because we don't trust our Heavenly Father. We're looking back on, where are you? Where are you? I got, I got to stay safe. And he's like, I got you. You got to have faith. George Michaels had it back in the 80s. You got to have faith. You have little faith. Why do you have so little faith? You're missing out. I think that's the heart of Jesus in this. And he's just saying, trust me, guys, the best is yet to come. I've come so you can have life in all of its fullness, and it's not found in being afraid. It's found in faith. It's found in trusting me. And if you can learn to trust me, and it can start small, and it will grow as it goes. It can start the size of a mustard seed, and we'll get to that later. But, but it, you got to have faith if you want to have life. John 10, 10, Jesus said, I came so that you might have life in all of its fullness. That's his heart for you. That's his heart for me. And he understands and he knows. And this is why he says this over and over again to his disciples. Why don't you have faith yet? Because you're not going to have life until you have faith. Well, you might be alive. You might be sucking wind, but you're not going to have life in all of its fullness. But if you learn to trust me, you will have life, even in the midst of the storm. You know, this past Saturday, uh, Matt Parsons, our worship arts director, brought his family up to see the, the chicks. Chickens twice in a sermon. This is great. Uh, and we took them to the incubator, and we got six little chicks out of the incubator that hatched overnight, and we put them in a box, and, and we explained how eggs, eggs turn into chickens and all that. We took them down and put those in the brooder, and then we went down to the big chickens and actually got the eggs that they had laid that morning. And it was all kinds of fun, and they were having a blast, and, and I was having a blast, and it was, it was awesome. But his, his youngest, Ace... Um, saw something much more interesting than chickens. He spotted my four-wheeler. And so while we were standing there talking, Ace climbed up on the four-wheeler, and uh, Ace is only this tall, and, uh, and he climbed up on the four-wheeler, and he was, he's so small, he was sitting all the way on the front of the gas tank holding on to the, the handlebars and just the biggest grin in the whole world on his face. And, um, and so we're talking for a while, and then I look at Ace, and I say, Ace, do you want to go for a ride? And his eyes got about as big as saucers, and he's like, and uh, and so I hopped on, and you know, and he's in front of me, and and as I was backing out the four wheeler out from under the deck, um, everybody who's watching is just cracking up, and they're like, if you could have seen his face, I mean, if you could have seen his face, it was like the best thing that ever happened in all the world ever for 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 Ace, and so uh, we went for a little ride around the property, and and came back, and. And then he had to get off, and he was not happy about getting off the four-wheeler. But they gave him a strawberry, and it all worked out. So it was, it was fine. We took the rest of the kids for a ride. But it was the greatest day of Ace's life to this point, right? But if Ace didn't trust me, if he didn't trust me enough to take him for a ride, he would have missed out on that. And I think that's what God is saying to us. Like, where is your faith? I've got such an adventure for you. I've got such a life for you, but you got to trust me or you're going to miss, you're going to miss things along the way. And you're going to be all wrapped around the axle and tied knots inside as well. See, fear robs us of life in its fullness. 
because we end up not getting into the boat or we end up, you know, bailing in the middle. It says they were terrified and they asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him, which brings me to lesson number four. They realized that Jesus was super powerful at that point. And lesson number four is this. If you follow Jesus, you have a force more powerful than a mega whirlwind in your boat. If you follow Jesus, you have a power in your life that is more powerful than anything else you will face. And that changes the game. That changes the fear level. And we grow in that faith and we grow in that trust, but the more we grow in that, the more liberated we become, the more live we become, the more able we are to embrace what we were made for. So that's lesson number four. Now I want to leave you with three things real quickly just to remember. Remember these things from this lesson. This first one is this, life is found in the adventure. Life is found in the adventure, and your purpose is found in the adventure. It's found in crossing the lake, not staying on this side and playing it safe. And life without purpose isn't really life. Life without a significant purpose is mere existence. I like what Mark Twain said. He said, the two most important days in life are the day you're born and the day you find out why. Life is found in the adventure. Second, faith is the key that unlocks that life. Trusting Jesus is a prerequisite for even getting in the boat. And without faith, you won't have the cojones to start your journey, and you certainly won't have the courage to finish it. Faith is the key that unlocks that life. And third, third is this. Even when you're in a crap storm, Jesus is in your boat. You're going to make it. Even when you're in a crap storm, Jesus is in your boat and you're going to make it. There are some of us today, you're in a crap storm. Life is hard right now. You're dealing with illness or family issues or financial issues or occupational issues or who knows what other issues, and it's gone on longer than you've wanted it to. Jesus is still in your boat. He's fully aware. And when the time is right, he's going to do something. But he's up to something else right now, something bigger, something you can't see, and you're going to have to have faith and trust him in the process. So be patient. Remain faithful. Don't bail and walk away just because things aren't going the way that you want them to right now. Pray hard. Trust him. And enjoy the ride as much as you can, even if you're in a storm right now, knowing that if Jesus said you're going to the other side, you're going to the other side. And the more you trust, the more adventure you can embrace, and the more life you can live. You know, I think there's probably one or two people watching today that you're like, I'm kind of exploring things. Jesus isn't really in my boat. I'm not even in a boat. Or maybe you're in a boat, but Jesus isn't in your boat. And he wants to be. Actually, he wants you to get into his boat, and he's inviting you to do that. And if you would like to do that, if you would like to, to follow him and, and have the power that can stop the wind and the waves in your boat, tell him. Let's close our eyes, bow our heads right now. 
right where you're sitting, and just say, say, Jesus, I, I want to get in your boat. Life without purpose, life without adventure, it's not really life. And I want that life in all the fullness that you offer. Help me to believe. Help me to follow. Come live in my heart. Forgive my sin. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for joining us here at The Vineyard. It's our greatest desire to see you find and follow God, and we hope that this podcast has helped you do just that. For more video messages and content, make sure to visit our website, vineyardwheeling.com, or download our app. Again, thanks for joining us this week. We'll see you next time.